Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Eva Amson and today I'll be talking to you about how you can manipulate plasmid copy number and why you might want to do so if you're working on protein expression or molecular biology research. Plasmid copy number can have an enormous impact on your yields and sometimes having a high plasmid copy number is best, but other times it can be detrimental. Join us as we take a closer look at plasmid copy number and examine ways this can be manipulated in the lab, giving you flexibility in your work. We'll talk about three things. First, what exactly does plasmid copy number mean? Second, why is plasmid copy number important? And finally, how can plasmid copy number be manipulated? So what is meant by copy number? Plasmid copy number refers to the average or expected number of copies per host cell. Plasmids are either low, medium or high copy number. And plasmids vary widely in copy number depending on three main factors. First, the origin of replication and its constituents. For example, call E1, RNA1 and RNA2. Second, the size of the plasmid and its associated insert. Bigger inserts and plasmids may be replicated at a lower number as they represent a tremendous metabolic burden for the cell. And thirdly, culture conditions. So those are factors that influence the metabolic burden on the host. While there are differences in the way plasmids are categorized according to copy number, there is a very general rule of thumb about what's considered a low, medium or high copy number plasmid. And if you look at the article that you can find in the links of the episode description, you'll find a table that shows you the the differences between low copy, medium copy, and high copy. And just to briefly summarize that, low copy plasmids such as PBR322 are around 15 to 20 copies per cell. Medium copy are 20 to 100 copies per cell. And finally, high copy plasmids like PUC18 or 19 vectors are about 500 to 700 copies per cell. So why is it important to know the copy number for your plasmid? It's crucial to know which category your plasmid falls into before starting your experiment. If you know that you're working with a low copy number plasmid, you shouldn't be too surprised with a low yield and you might decide to set up more cultures. On the other hand, if you're getting a poor yield from a high copy plasmid, you know you need to do some troubleshooting, assuming your insert is not too large. An advantage of a high plasmid copy number is the greater stability of the plasmid when random partitioning, that's partitioning of plasmids into daughter cells, occurs at cell division. However, a high number of plasmids can also result in lower yields. Let's look at a few cases where you really need to consider copy number in your experiments. So first, when is a high copy number good? There are several situations where you want a high copy number plasmid. The first one is protein expression. Although there's no significant advantage to using higher copy number plasmids over PBR322 based vectors in terms of protein production yields, a high copy plasmid might be your first port of call if you experience low protein yields. Bear in mind that a very high copy number can lead to protein aggregation and deficient post-translational modification, presumably because the metabolic burden is too high. The other situation where you want to use a high copy number plasmid is cloning. 
using a high copy plasmid will generally result in greater yields from plasmid preps. Now you might think that a high copy number is always best, but some situations are better suited to a low copy number. One example is if you're expressing a toxic product. Let's say you want to study a fungal protein for its antibacterial properties, and you want to express it in bacteria. A low copy number plasmid might be better to minimize toxic effects and avoid killing your bacterial cultures. Another example is mutant studies. Let's say you've mutated your enzyme of interest and now you want to compare its activity to the wild-type enzyme in a physiological context, um, so you want to transform it into native host cells. Low-level expression from a single copy is usually a better option to increase the chances of physiologically relevant measurements and to assess in vivo phenotypes. Overexpressed proteins may generate artificial phenotypes, false protein-protein interactions, and structural issues within the protein itself, leading to confusing and unreliable results. And we all know that results can be confusing enough without further complicating things. So how can we manipulate plasmid copy number? For the reasons given above, it can be advantageous to have a selection of plasmids with different copy numbers to choose from as you carry out your research. Much effort has gone into understanding how plasmid replication is controlled, paving the way for us to manipulate this plasmid copy number. Let's look at a couple of options that are available. The first is induced amplification by temperature shift and altering bacterial growth rate. You can increase the copy number for some plasmids by growing the host at elevated temperatures. This could be the case for PBR322 because the bacterial growth rate influences the fine-tuning of the RNA1 and RNA2 regulation. Another method is chloramphenicol amplification. Chloramphenicol amplification works for many low-copy plasmids containing the PMB1 origin. The main steps are first exposure of the host bacterial culture to the antibiotic chloramphenicol inhibits bacterial protein synthesis. Then this leads to chromosomal replication inhibition because this also relies on ongoing protein synthesis and inhibition of cell division. Plasmids only require more long-lived proteins and continue to replicate even though chromosomal replication and cell division have stopped. And eventually, plasmid replication stops when the cell becomes exhausted. But the average copy number will have increased significantly. Then there's also unintentional manipulation of plasmid copy number. As mentioned before, the plasmid insert can also influence copy number. For example, a high-copy PUC plasmid may replicate at medium or low copy numbers when ligated to very large DNA inserts, resulting in lower plasmid yields than expected. This decreased yield is because plasmid replication is a metabolic burden for the host cell. If the burden becomes too large, for example through massive inserts, elevated growth temperature, plasmid-bearing cells will become less efficient and growth will slow down. Eventually, the culture will become dominated by existing plasmid-free cells, leading to low plasmid yield. So in summary, plasmid copy number can influence experiments. And while it is appealing to have high copy numbers for your plasmids, there are some applications where low plasmid copy numbers are best. You can achieve the desired copy number by using an appropriate plasmid or copy number manipulation. 
So that's it for manipulating plasmid numbers. Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your bench side. Are you always on the go, but still seeking valuable insights to advance your research? Well, look no further than Listen In, the podcast from Bite Size Bio that offers the benefits of webinars in a portable format. With webinars featuring leading researchers and commercial specialists discussing techniques like CRISPR-Cas9 and microscopy. With listening, you can tap into their expertise and drive your research project forward efficiently and productively, no matter where you are. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for listening in your podcast app to subscribe.